Hey, welcome to Access. John here. Sometimes we do everything we can to simplify our complicated lives, only to wind up more angry and frustrated than before. We've talked about some pretty powerful things to help simplify our lives, but without this one last step, a simplified life will never be possible. Our focus has been simplifying our lives, but what if our lives aren't really ours to simplify? Today, we're going to shift our attention from ourselves to the one who gave us life. So go grab God's word because today's message is entitled, Simple Purpose. Do you ever wonder what your purpose is? I think each of us at some point in our lives search for that, the answer for that age-old question, why am I here? I mean, really, that's one of the most profound questions that exists deep within every person's heart. And I don't know about you, but whenever I ask this question, I'd like to have an answer. Which I believe, you know, this this whole point of looking for an answer to that question is a pretty compelling argument against atheism. Why would we crawl out of soup, evolve over millions of years, and then develop a deep need for purpose? If, on the other hand, uh, we were given life, then we would want to know what that gift was for. In this series, we've been talking about how to uncomplicate our lives. I think all of us get overworked, overscheduled, and exhausted sooner or later. However, however, I believe there comes a point in each person's life, each believer's life, when we get tired of living life that way. I mean, eventually it will wear you down. I think this is especially true when God has given us a better way of doing things and we come to realize that. Now, as I said in the first week, living a simplified life is not for the faint of heart. It takes a lot of sacrifice and discipline to live a simplified life, um, to keep our life buckets full of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, I I came to give you life and to give it to the full. Now, if we have things that are draining us, then then obviously we're not going to be full of the Holy Spirit. Now, we talked about a lot of things about how to have a simplified life, about how to keep our buckets full. Um, For example, we talked about simplifying our finances simplifying our schedules, um, simplifying our relationship circles. And we even talked about simplifying our lives by exercising forgiveness. But today what I want to focus on is the single most liberating thing to simplify your life. All the other areas to simplify your life, they are contingent upon this one focus. And that is claiming God's call on your life. Claiming God's call in your life is more than just doing the things that God wants you to do. Claiming God's call on your life has everything to do with being the person that God is calling you to be. Every single follower of Christ has a reason to exist, a purpose for life. Now, this is a point of confusion for many believers um, because everybody wants to know why they exist. But I love what Henry Blackaby, the author of Experiencing God, says on the topic. He says, we as believers shouldn't ask, God, what is your will for my life? We should ask, God, what is your will? I believe many struggler, many people struggle, many believers struggle, struggle understanding their purpose because they're still searching for their own purpose and not God's purpose for them. Now, Paul says in 2 Timothy 1.9, He has saved us and called us to a holy life. Not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. God has a purpose for us. We each have a purpose in Christ, 
but it does not belong to us because our lives do not belong to us. Now, this is rough news to hear. Your life isn't all about you. But listen, it's also an incredible encouragement. God has given us life, and he intends to use it to do his will, whether we acknowledge him or not. Scripture promises that those who are surrendered to God will be blessed, but those who aren't surrendered to God live under a curse. Romans 8, 28 and 29 says, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed into the image of his Son. Now, I believe the Apostle Paul pins some of the, the most beautiful but equally disturbing words ever in this passage. It's beautiful because we have a promise that God is using all things for our good. If we love God and we follow Christ, we win. Everything works out for our good, even the unpleasant things. There's nothing that happens in our lives that God doesn't turn around and use for our good. Now, before you protest to that, just allow me to say that I've witnessed and heard people not only thank God for things like cancer, getting fired from a job, for divorce, for for the adultery of a spouse, if you can believe it, and even the death of a loved one. I've also heard people do this in the midst of these sufferings. Now, how can you be thankful for things like this to happen to you? The answer to that question is it's only possible when you reflect through the lens that God has allowed, even orchestrated these things to happen in our lives so that you would be developed into the person he wants you to become. He works each of these things for your good. Now, This verse also tells us that we have been called. I consistently run into people who are still looking for their calling. Now, I get it. We want specifics so that we can know exactly what we should be doing. But again, God isn't so concerned about what you should be doing as much as he's concerned about the person that you should become. Now, obedience is absolutely important to become the person that he wants you to become, but we need to be having our eyes on the end game, not on the current circumstance. We need to follow God so that he can lead us into the person that he's calling us to be. God already has called us. We don't need to wait around for a phone call. He's already called us to his purpose. What is that purpose? The Apostle Paul tells us in Romans 8.29, For those God foreknew, those he knew in advance before the dawn of time, he also predestined, determined in advance, to be conformed or transformed, into the image of his son, that we would be modeled after Christ. God has given us the purpose of being like his son. Now, if you want to know the purpose of life, this is it, to be conformed into Jesus, the image of Christ. So if you want to know why you're here, let me tell you, you are here to be like Christ. That is God's master plan. His ultimate purpose is, as to why he gave you life was to conform you into the image of his son. This is God's general purpose, which is universal across the board for every single believer. However, there is also a specific purpose which we are called. Now, while God's general purpose is very precise, it seems at times that God's specific purpose for me is very, very broad and confusing. 
Each of us wants to know what specifically we should be doing. Now, this cannot be understood. I cannot stress this enough. This cannot be understood without first seeing who God wants us to become. And when you understand who you were supposed to become, it simplifies your purpose and even answers a lot of questions that you might have. Around the fourth year mark of my tenure here as the pastor, um, our church was right in the middle of thick spiritual warfare. Um, We lost some brothers and sisters in Christ due to some disagreements. And for the first time in my ministry here, I I was just unsure that I was doing what God wanted me to be doing. And so um, I went and interviewed with two separate pastor search committees that were looking for a pastor. Um, And I don't want to sound arrogant, but I believe that if I had decided to leave here, I would have become the pastor at either of these two churches. Now I cannot explain just how confused I was at this time. I kept asking God, God, what am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to stay or am I supposed to go? God, would you talk to me? Maybe you've experienced a time when God has been silent in your life. Well, for three months, God was silent. And the big decisions of my life, God has always spoken to me and he's given me direction. But I I just didn't understand why this was any different. But despite how much I prayed and pleaded for direction, God was not speaking to me. Now, I was making a long drive home after a second interview at one of these churches. And I was reminded of something I, I said before I was hired to the pastor, as the pastor of this church, before um, a congregation hires a pastor, it generally has an opportunity to ask him several questions. Now, one of our congregants probably doesn't remember this, but I remember uh, one guy asked me, you spoke in your sermon about rearranging your furniture every couple of weeks. Does that mean like you're gonna mean that you're gonna feel like moving on after a couple years? And the the question kind of took me back a little bit, but I responded, I will stay here until God tells me to go. And while I was driving home, I was reminded of that. I realized that it wasn't as important that I go and do all the right things as much as it was important that I become developed into the person that God wanted me to become. And because I had said that, I am not going to leave until God physically tells me to go. I was reminded and I had this moment of clarity. I'm so confused as to what specifically I'm supposed to be doing, but God hasn't audibly told me it was time to go. So it must not be time to go. You know, I decided this in my heart. I'm not leaving until God physically tells me it's time to go because that's what I promised. I kid you not, on the long trip home, after I had surrendered to this decision, God, through the Holy Spirit, spoke to me. He told me, I have great plans for you. You can imagine after three months of waiting for God to speak, and he says something like that to me. I was a mess. (laughs) I think occasionally I just need to be reminded that my life isn't all about me and what I want. And uh, in the book Simplify, Bill Hybels has a great recommendation for every follower of Christ when, when things start getting complicated. When you start looking for direction, when you're trying to figure out what your, what your purpose is. Bill Hybels recommends that every believer in Christ um, is able to identify by the Holy Spirit what their life verse is. Now you may be thinking, what in the world is a life verse? 
A life verse is a short passage of scripture that serves as a reminder of why you're here and what you're called to become. Um, after prayer and careful consideration, this verse resonates with each within each of us in a personal way, and it serves as kind of like a light, kind of like a lighthouse, um, and it continually guides us back to God's purpose for our lives when when things get cloudy and confusing. This life verse can keep us anchored to the truth and reminds us about what matters most. This is not the same thing as a favorite verse. For example, Bill Hybels says that he knows a guy who uh, his life verse uh, is uh, Jesus saying, I'm the vine, you are the branches. Apart from me, you can do nothing. He says he doesn't like that verse. Matter of fact, it irritates him. But it is a life verse and then it pulls him back to his purpose. Bill Hybels also shares his life verse. He says in 1 Corinthians 15, 58, it says, Therefore, my dear brothers, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor is not in vain. Now, he even shares a compelling case as to why this is his life verse. However, I feel like it'd be a lot more fun, at least for me, to share with you what my life verse is and why I'm convinced it's for me. My life verse is John 3.30. He must become greater, I must become less. Now, this is more than just a favorite verse, like I said. This is a verse that keeps me anchored. And please allow me to explain. My favorite verse is Philippians 4.13 that says, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. It's my favorite verse because it helped me not only get through college algebra, but also to ace it. So whenever I say that, I can do all things through him who strengthens me, I hear my grandmother's voice saying, even math. <laughs> so that's my favorite verse. John 3.30 is more than a favorite verse. This is the verse that gives me identity. When Jesus began his earthly ministry, he went out with his disciples and they were baptizing a lot of people into the faith. Um, and somebody went to John the Baptist and said to him, hey, John, Jesus is still in all your converts. He's baptizing more people than you are. What are you going to do about it? And that's when John essentially said, you know, I was sent ahead of Jesus to prepare the way. Now that he's here, my joy is complete. Then he says it. He must become greater and I, I must become less. This verse speaks to me because of my ungodly ambition. You know, if being a pastor was my idea and not God's, I would want to be the most famous pastor who ever lived. If it was my idea, I would want to be the next Billy Graham. In fact, I would want Billy Graham to compare, pale in comparison to John Waller. <laughs> now, although this is a painful truth, it's very unlikely that I would be the next Billy Graham serving in Rungi, Texas. I've even had friends tell me, John, I feel like you're being wasted here. And when I hear things like this, it, it just takes its toll on my ego and I start getting lost and confused all over again. Like, like am, I be, am I really doing what I, what I, what I should be doing? And uh, maybe there is a better way. And the ugly part of my heart is, is that I want to be loved and admired and respected by millions of people. My ungodly ambition says, what good is it to serve God if you're not being recognized for doing it? But see, my life verse keeps me grounded. Because the truth is, my life isn't all about me. Instead of wanting millions of people to come up to me and pour out their adoration and praise, while this would please my flesh, the Holy Spirit that resides in me just wants to hear one person say, 
You know, I'm starting to see a lot more of Jesus and a whole lot less of you. Because he must become greater and I must become less. This verse helps me to navigate my life. When my boys want me to play with him and all I want to do is just go sit down and watch TV, I can choose to instead give them my time and attention because he must become greater and I must become less. When others take something from me and I want justice and revenge, I'm reminded that that's not what Christ did. and He must become greater and I must become less. When I feel like giving up and I just don't see anything in it for me, I remember that he endured the cross and he did it for me. He must become greater and I must become less. Now John 3.30 might sound like a very good life verse for you, but you can't have it. It's mine. You need to find your own life verse. Seriously, I'm I'm willing to share it. I just don't want you to be lazy about finding your life first. It's very important that each of us discover what words God has for us to keep us grounded in our faith and in our purpose. Each of us only gets one life. And Scripture tells us that we'll have to give an account before God the things that we do and we say in this life. And we will have to give an account of who we will become who we were because of this this is so important we must stay focused on what we are here to do but more importantly who we are supposed to become how excruciating it must be to stand before God and when commanded to give an account for how we lived our life respond well I was concerned with eating drinking and being merry imagine having to explain that your main purpose for life was chasing money and power and fame and pleasure and gratifying the desires of your sinful nature. We need God's word to keep us tethered to his purpose. I only want to stand before God and say, I live my life for your purpose because you became greater and I became less. You know, other people throughout history have had life verses that have kept them grounded in God's purpose. For example, Billy Graham chose Psalm 1611 that says, You make known to me the path of life, and you will fill me with the joy of your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. Now, you can see about this verse, like how how Billy Graham was encouraged, and it encouraged him to need to, to keep speaking the truth about God to everybody that would listen. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. also had a life verse. See, he claimed Amos 5.24. It says, Let justice roll on like a river, righteousness like a never-failing stream. You can read that verse and you say, Yeah, I can see how that falls in line with what Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s purpose was. You know, I believe the Apostle Paul even claimed a verse that he himself wrote. He said in Philippians 1.21, he said, For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. I believe your life verse will be unique to the calling that God has placed on your life. A life verse doesn't complicate your life. It simplifies things. 
It clarifies confusion. It serves the purpose of grabbing your attention and reshaping your focus and saying, Hey, this is what you're here to do. So when you're focused on where you're going and who you're to become, you too will have a moment of clarity with your life first. We don't have simplified lives for our sakes. We have simplified lives for the sake of the kingdom of God. So although it's incredibly difficult to simplify our lives, we shouldn't do it for us. We should do it for God, for those who yet are yet to meet Christ. Did you know that our church, it has a life verse as well? This works not only for individuals, but organizations. See, our mission is to, to help others take root, grow, and bear fruit. That is why we believe we exist, to lead other people in discipleship. And so our life verse serves as a reminder that we must stay true to that mission. Our church life verse is Mark 4.20, which says, Others like seed on, sown on good soil hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop, some 30, some 60, or even a hundred times what was sown. To remind us of this verse, we keep this verse posted in our bulletins. We have it pop up on our church app and on our website. We even have it hung around the room in our new building. So that every time that we see our life verse, it will serve as a reminder of what we are here to do, what purpose we are here to complete, and, and we don't need to be distracted. We're here not to help, help not only others take root in the Lord, we're here to help them grow in relationship with Him and others and to, to bear fruit by making disciples. Do you have a life verse? If you have a life verse, I would challenge you to commit it to memory. Post it in places that you see it regularly throughout the day. Put it at your desk, on your bathroom mirror, on your refrigerator, in your car. Take the necessary steps to have it remind you that God has called you to become like His Son Jesus. It's important that you post this so you don't get lost in times of confusion. It will tether you to God's purpose. It will serve as a lighthouse in the fog when you don't know where to go. It will pull you back in. If you don't have a life verse, the best place to find a life verse is obviously in the passage of Scripture that God is leading you to. Now, how do you find that? Well, you have to study Scripture. This can feel like a daunting task. I get that. It's overwhelming and it's, it's frustrating. And, and maybe you just look at this big book and you're like, I'll never find it. It's like finding a needle in the haystack. And I mean, it really is, considering how many verses are in Scripture. But I believe that God will lead you not only to discover your purpose, but to discover this verse to keep you grounded on that purpose. I would encourage you not to rush the process. Take time to discern which verse would best serve as a lighthouse in your life. Pray that the Holy Spirit will reveal it to you. <laughs> Jesus says, ask and you shall receive. Knock and the door will be opened. It will be given to you. Come on, just ask. Ask and it's yours. To make this a little less confusing, Bill Hybels in his books, he has a life verse catalog and I've I've copied it out and I've just printed it out. It's just passages of scripture, so I don't think I'm I'm breaking his artistic license. Um, he has several passages of scripture, and I printed those out and I'm going to keep those in the church um, up by the podium and, until they're gone. 
And if anybody wants one, then you're welcome to have it. Jesus promised us in Matthew 28, 18 through 20, that um, regardless of what our purpose is, you know, we have this general purpose, but regardless of our specific purpose, we will never be abandoned to go through life fulfilling our mission alone. He said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey the things that I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Although God's specific purpose is is unique to us, Jesus promises us that he will be with us wherever we go, all the way up to the end. Take comfort in Christ and know that a simplified life isn't just possible. It's available. It's available. It's promised in Christ. We must take hold of it and we must stay focused on our mission. And all the other complications in our life will melt away. You will, once you are living this simplified life, you will have the abundant life that Jesus promises us. Life in Christ, it's not complicated. Believe it or not, it's very, very simple. We just have to have the courage to stand up and claim it. Hey, thanks again for listening. We pray that God blessed you through this message and has given you a clear direction for your life. Please remember to download our church app by searching FBC Rungi in Google Play or iTunes. And remember to subscribe to our podcast so that you never miss another message. If you have any questions about today's message, you can contact us via Facebook or Twitter or use our website. Until then, we hope that you share in our vision to help people take root, grow, and bear fruit. And if so, then let's get out there and get to work.